I see we have a question. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe you already answered this, but uh, why exactly are we here? Son? Second Lieutenant Jake Jensen, West Point, graduate with honors. We're here because you're looking for the best of the best of the best, sir. <laughs> What's so funny, Edwards? Your boy Captain America over here. <laughs> the best of the best of the best, sir. <laughs> yeah, with honors. <laughs> yeah, he's just really excited and he has no clue why we're here. <laughs> that's just, that's very funny to me. <laughs> I ain't laughing though. Episode 166. The move with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I pissed my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car? You have 30 minutes to move your cube, your cube. You are listening to A Half Hour Wasted. Hey, I'm going to start using a pseudonym. Should I go with John Harkness or Cliff Garnett? I guess that's uh, the girl liner was in second was in reference to our uh, to Mr. Engelhart. What what do you mean? Uh, your liner, you said. Who? Uh, yeah. Uh, what what are your pseudonyms again? Uh, I was going to go with either John Harkness or Cliff Garnett. Yeah, those were two uh, those were two pseudonyms for for Mr. Uh, Hartman, weren't they? Or I'm sorry, Engelhart, weren't they? They were. They were. I'm trying Dude, to decide between. That is the weirdest coincidence. I'm trying to decide between uh, James Westfall yes? and, and Doctor Kenneth Noisewater. Ooh, I like that one. So My, I'm not sure. I do have I do have a real life pseudonym that I do use. Really, Cornelius Haberdasher. If I need to sign something, that's for, excellent. There's a very very long story behind that, and I won't. And we don't have it time for it. Yeah, well, because we are going to go straight into. The I know Steve what a Engelhart. haberdasher is, by the way. Episode 166 is brought to you by DiscountComicBookService.com. Thank no, you. No, DCBService.com. Discount Comic Book Service. Yeah, the. Uh, Thanks to Magic Jack, we had a natural break in our Steve Englehart uh, interview. So what a diplomatic we decided way to, to make it two parts. It was a great idea, Frank. And to give the uh, the listeners a, a bit of a break uh, from a two hour long episode. And like you pointed out, this is episode one sixty six. In our last episode, we mentioned that he was on uh, Steve Englehart was on Half Hour Wasted episode sixty six. So, so it's it's clearly hundred hundred episodes. So so tune back in in. <laughs> Approximately two years, and we will have Steve Englehart on for episode two sixty six. Isn't that crazy? It was two years. <laughs> I guess. I guess we should make it that. I mean, why not? That's crazy. So, well, he'll, well, he'll have a couple other books yeah. uh, under his belt. It'll we'll be like that movie, uh, same uh, same place next year. <laughs> Who was in that? Um, Batman, Adam Al- right? Adam Al- uh, Adam Alden and I can't remember the actors. Name. I'm embarrassed that you actually know it. <laughs> I'm but anyway. Impressed. With that, with that, let's uh, let's roll the interview. <laughs> Yeah. You know, oh. I'm, God, I hope he's not still talking. I feel horrible. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Blame the technology. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean if anybody knows happens, us, happens. they know that this is not really, you know, that out of line. Yeah, I us. mean, this. <laughs> hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. I, I think I learned something about this magic jack that, w- that we're using. Uh-huh. Apparently, okay. it has a 59 minute, 59 second limit on. Limit on. <laughs> 
phone the calls. Of the call. <laughs> as soon as it hit that, it, it automatically hung up on you. Well, I was hearing. I was talking. I was. I was. I was saying great stuff. I know. All, you know, we, I know. It was fabulous. But, <laughs> we were but cringing. I could, but I could. But I could hear beeping in the background, and and, <laughs> and since I was telling this story, there was no need for you guys to respond. So I kind of kept going, thinking, well, <laughs> I'm, you know, if if I'm being recorded, I don't want to stop and go. Yeah. Are you guys still there? But finally, <laughs> actually, but finally, that's, I did. That's you know? the face. That's the first thing we do is, oh, Steve, are you still there? I can't. I can't tell you how many times I've been in the middle of a story on the phone with somebody, and yeah. I've just spoken like solid for ten minutes, and then I pulled the phone away. And look at it, and I've been yeah. hung up. No telling how long I've been hung oh, yeah. up. Yeah, right. <laughs> Your phone call actually lasted two and a half minutes. <laughs> That's okay. I'm 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 interested in a in a phone thing that has a time limit on it. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's uh, why does it care? Us. I don't know. I have a couple of beefs with Magic Jack, so I got I have a couple of emails to write to him. But uh, fantastic, dear Magic Jack. Um, again, you, I I apologize for that happening. Now, Steve, you had left off. You were just talking about um how how could steve rogers live in a world where watergate well he he already went through all of it he probably doesn't want to repeat himself <laughs> well how about for well, the no, listeners i mean you know if you didn't if it didn't get recorded <laughs> i'll try it again but i'm not sure where you where yeah, that was the last here. thing you said you had said how could steve rogers live in a world where watergate took place yeah well so you know this was captain america he had devoted himself to being the symbol of america and then the other symbol of america turned out to have you know staged a burglary and and I, my story you know uh, sort of fantasized that a little bit i wasn't you know i never said it was nixon per se and and there was no burglary involved it was more it was a more superheroic kind of conspiracy but but it was the same thing of leading captain america to the point where he realized that the guy behind the conspiracy was the president of the United States, um, and I mean I've always been clear that it was. I, you know, I did not say that it was Nixon, but that was the president of the United States. So there you go. Um, and so he was disillusioned. He had you know given his life to this, and now here was America not living up to the ideals that he had tried to live up to. So. There's a period which then ended when he realized that somebody had to stand up for the ideals, even if uh, there were problems in the execution of the whole thing. But in that interim, he became nomad, the man without a country, um, and continued to be a hero, but did not want to be Captain America anymore. And so uh, there was eight months of the Captain America comic when there was no Steve Rogers Captain America in it. I had other people trying out to sort of take over the job or whatever. I mean, so we, you know, again, being a professional, um, I, you know, I made sure that we had stuff in the comic. You know, it wasn't just about watching the paint dry for eight months while Captain America went elsewhere. But uh, um, that's what the Nomad thing was about. Does that answer the guy's oh, question? Oh, no, yeah. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Interesting to write that kind of story during that uh, that kind of time, too. Um did, now, did you get any flack about about doing this to, to Steve Rogers, to Captain America? No, not at all. That, again, you know, all Marvel had to say about that was, you know, that's great, keep going. You know, I mean, they, uh, nobody, I didn't have to clear it with anybody. Nobody came around to tell me that I should have cleared it with them. Um, uh, it was I, It was my book, and I could do whatever I wanted to, and if it would sell, they were happy, and it did sell, so they were happy, and that was the end of the story. You know, probably yeah. a big difference between 
I'm going to compare what what you did with what Ed Brubaker has done recently. You know, he he killed Steve Rogers. He right. brought Bucky back, made him Captain America, and there's been so much talk about it from the fans. But when you compare what you did with what Ed Brubaker did, I think the main difference is the internet exists now. It didn't mm-hmm. back then, and right. I'm going to say you probably would have gotten a lot of, you know, support or a lot of flack from fanboys. Oh, well, there were certainly, I mean, people did write letters, you know, write, type or print them and put them in envelopes and stick stamps on them and mail them in. So, that I mean, sounds exhausting. Get, well, yeah, <laughs> but we, got, we, did get, we did get feedback, and there were certainly people who were pro and con the whole thing. But in terms of Marvel, Marvel that had nothing to say about it. I mean, other than, you know, good for you, keep going. Um, uh, but, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, there definitely were people who thought that was a good idea and thought it was a bad idea and so forth. But, uh, fortunately, most people thought it was a good idea and continued to buy the book. And, you know, I mean, had I had this thing sort of killed off Captain America's sales or something, then I would have been on the street and somebody else would be doing it. But, um, you know... Uh, but I hear a lot. I mean, I hear a lot about Ed Brubaker's stuff. I'm not reading comics these days. I'm I'm totally into novels. I mean, that's that's what I read because that's the form that I'm trying to work in. Um, but you know, um, the subject of Ed Brubaker doing a good job on Captain America comes up. You know, I the people want to talk to me about Captain America now and again, and they pretty much always say Ed Brubaker Ed Brubaker's doing a good job. So yeah, it, it has been fabulous, and his run has been collected. Uh, in trades and hardcovers and omnibuy, if you ever get the chance or are interested at all about it, it's it's well worth uh, a read. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does feel like uh, Brubaker and Millar have borrowed from uh, um, from this this legacy that that you left it, uh, for lack of a better term. And I wonder uh, um, this, uh, this this nomad uh, timeline here. Um, it looks like it was. Uh, was this the uh, 80s here? When did you write 70s, this? 70s, no. It would have been Watergate came to a head in 74, okay. I think. And that's it would have been in there. Okay, okay. Because um, it was interesting to me. Um, uh, were, you just, were you just finding this an interesting uh, angle to tackle? Were you actually trying to say something about the state of America at the time, using this as a parable of some sort? I mean, um, Hunter S. Thompson... Um, Said that uh, that Nixon broke the heart of the American dream. Uh, I've just I've always found that a, a very profound concept, and, and I wonder is that something you were trying to uh, uh, speak about, or did you just think it was an interesting uh, storytelling device? No, I I think I would I would lean toward Hunter S. Thompson in that regard. I mean, it was um, it was a simpler time in a sense. I mean, again. Any time you go into the past, I suppose it was simpler, um, as you said. I mean, there's more. The internet allows a lot more information to be to be uh, moved around. Then, I mean, somehow people got along back when they had the Pony Express, back when they had you know to write it all down in papyruses and put it <laughs> away. But, but I mean, um, you know, there are just there are events. You know, I was not around when Franklin Roosevelt died. Uh, you know, but I mean, when when Roosevelt died, that was a big 
deal to America. Everybody, you know, who was around then sort of knows what they thought when Franklin Roosevelt died. Certainly, you know, getting closer to this time period when Kennedy got shot, everybody, you know, everybody knows where they were and what they were doing when they heard about that. The idea of the president of the United States getting killed was, you know, I mean, and even today would be would be a big deal. Um, the president of the United States being accused of a crime and being tried basically uh, in, in impeachment hearings in the Senate, um, that was a big deal. Um, so, uh, and it was, and it was, the whole impeachment of Nixon was was not only a big deal, but it was a new deal, not to be confused with Franklin Roosevelt. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, you know, we'd had corrupt presidents before. If you read your history books, I mean, there have been guys before who have done dubious things, but they had not been tried on the national stage with television uh, yeah. To, yeah. to bring it all home. So, um well, and the, the state think, of the I nation think, too was was in a weird was. I mean, you know, we, Vietnam was still going on. Nixon was supposed to get us out of Vietnam. That just didn't happen. You know, there were just right. so many. There, there <laughs> well, were so many e- e- uh, economically things were bad in America, and it's just, and this was just one thing after another after another after another, and yeah, it's just well, like, where is it going to end? LBJ was supposed to have gotten us out of Vietnam. Yeah, uh, just, it right. Just goes well, to they, show you. you know, they say Kennedy. They say Kennedy. I mean, the story is that that doesn't seem to be refuted. I mean. But it's still just a story is that Kennedy had decided to get out of Vietnam, but then he died and then Johnson didn't do it. And then Nixon said he was going to do it, but he didn't do it or, you know, didn't. Uh, yes. he, he did at the end. But uh, um, that's what sort of what I was talking about earlier on. It's, it's like uh, you change parties, you change guys. They say they're going to do this and that. And yet some things, particularly wars, don't seem to really just sort of close up shop and 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 end and and um you know who it is who exactly sort of decides all this if it's not the president um that's fun for me to play with you know just in the stories um but yeah i mean the vietnam war had been a big deal i mean this is i'm just filling in blanks for people who need them filled in here it's just even this is just one aspect but i mean Vietnam War had gone from a great adventure to something nobody really wanted to deal with, and it and it was a time of drafting. So I mean, college age students were all being sent over there to do it. So it was it was on college age students' minds quite a bit, and their parents and everybody else. And by the time we got into the 70s, the war was not being won. Uh, it was clear that it wasn't going to be won. And people were still being sent over there to get killed. And so that was an ongoing kind of um, irritant, you know. That's a very mild word, really. But it was an ongoing thing that that kept people uneasy. And then when, you know, when the Democratic headquarters got broken into, and then when it turned out that it looked like Nixon had been behind it, and then when they started investigating it, and then as the investigation kind of took on a life of its own and played out on national television, um, and the Vietnam War was wearing down at that same time. I mean, I think it was a great catharsis for, you know, for people. It's like, uh, you know, they people could say it's all Nixon's fault, and once we get rid of Nixon, you know, everything will be great. And as it turned out, 
life isn't that simple or straightforward. But um, it was, uh, you know, he was a pretty, pretty hated guy by the time by the time he left. Um, I don't know if any of you saw Frost Nixon, but uh, an interesting take on where he was at at that time. Anyway. I, I'm familiar with it. It's a, a play and a movie. and, and uh, mm-hmm. Actually, there's going to be some type of retrospective here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where they're actually going to compare the movie to the real tapes and kind of see where the where the movie and the play kind of diverged and try yeah. to make it more interesting. But anyway. Is it something that people who live in Dallas do? Do you, do people go down to Dealey Plaza and, and, and <laughs> take a look at it, or or is that, you know? I think it's a, it's, it's it's a touristy thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I've lived in this, I'm 40, almost 41. I've lived in, in, a, in this area all but two years of my life, but I have ever since I was seven. I've never gone down there and, uh, and uh, looked at the exhibit. Yeah, and I, I know um, people who go down there periodically, but oh sure. But again, you know, uh, um, it's just I didn't know if you know if if you know it was a school kids uh, field trip, you know, to go to you know, go to this place question. in Dallas or not. I've got a I've got a second grader, and they're not taking them down to the book repository <laughs> quite yet. Yeah, but, I've but, yeah I never okay. went. I never had that kind of field trip. But okay. any any type of spring afternoon here in Dallas, I mean, that you drive down there in the corner, and that corner is just. Yeah, there there are always people there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 a it's a recognizable place. I mean, if you were gonna, and just like I mean, the burglary was burglary was in the Watergate Hotel in Washington D.C., which continues to exist. So, I mean, I'm sure there are people. If you're interested, you can figure out where. I mean, you can you can easily find out where the Watergate Hotel is, and if you're in Washington, you can go have a look at it. You can easily figure out where Dealey Plaza is, and if you're in Dallas, you can go have a look at it. And I think, you know, I mean, it's been a long time. I'm sure people, you know, the people who were who were really clustering down there have pushed it a lot farther than your average person anywhere. But still, um, I mean, I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I'm not coming up with other examples necessarily. But, I mean, you mentioned Angels and Demons before. I mean, if you were a big... Um, Dan Brown fan. If you went to Paris, you'd probably go look at the, you know, the pyramid in the, yeah. in the museum. I mean, it's just because things like that have have achieved some sort of, uh, you know, existence in the public mind. Yeah, and, but I that that's why I was asking whether you know where I mean Dealey Plaza is right there. So if you want to go look at it and try to figure out where Oswald was mm-hmm. and where the president was and stuff, easy enough to do. I just didn't know if anybody did it. You know. Well, I mean, they're, 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 in this room, probably not. But, uh, but I mean, there's, you know, it's it's a, it's a it's a tourist area for sure. And you know, there's yeah, you know, something there's... called the sixth floor museum where you can go and they talk about the conspiracy theories and right. And, well, and like the twin t- the, the twin towers in New York. I mean, that's people go down there and look at that too. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just yeah, the, things like that that really impact a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Tend to become a place. You kind of become a place where people go. Well, anyway, yeah. I just, it was just a question. I've never been to Dealey Plaza, and I've I've gone to uh, uh, Ground Zero uh, back back in '02. Mm-hmm. I have one more uh, Captain America related question. Okay. And uh, it's a it's a two part question. How do you feel about the current crop of Marvel superhero movies? Superhero movies. Uh, I don't have much of an opinion either way. I mean. Uh, I like superhero movies. I 
Have you seen the, the, the Iron Man? Yeah, I saw the first one. I haven't seen the second one. The second I, one I mean, will, it's not out, but I haven't seen correct. it. That's correct. Yeah, it'll be out soon. Um, my Captain America-related question was, have you heard who has been cast as Captain America? Now, in is this the firm? Ep- I believe, as of this recording, it has not. Uh, it has been reported that he has accepted, and I have not seen any reports that um, that oh, that's a false. You know, I haven't. Right. S- it's supposed to. Be- Chris. Chris Evans. Yes, yeah, exactly. sir. He, he was the the Human Torch in the Fantastic Four movies. So the Human Torch is now the Captain. Mer- that's very yeah, confusing. That's very that's not yeah, that's that's the. Since they do want to do, from what I understand, and again, I'm not connected. I'm just a, I'm just a consumer of pop culture like everybody else here. Yeah. But as yeah. I understand it, they want to do an Avengers thing where they get everybody together. And if the same guy is the Human Torch in Captain America, I'm not exactly sure how that's supposed well, to work. But, well, but uh, I, I, I like him. Yeah, so, Sony owns, all four of us talk. Yeah, <laughs> Sony owns the uh, the rights to Fantastic Four. Marvel yeah. owns the rights to. Um, Oh, okay. yeah, it has so, to so do with studios, so yeah. the Fantastic no, Four certainly... won't be a part of what John Favreau and, and company are doing. They're currently building a Marvel universe, you know, with interlocking characters in different movies. Um, I also understand that they want to reboot the Fantastic Four f- franchise. Hey, guess so, what? They need to. Yeah, if if I mean, those were cute. If Chris Evans won't be Johnny Storm again, maybe he could be. I don't yeah. know what how I feel about him being Steve Rogers. I mean, the I'm, Fantastic Four movies were were harmless and kind of cute in their own way, but they're not. They were not great movies, no, which is a shame I, because the the Fantastic Four is maybe one of my favorite titles of all time. Well, two things I would say there, or maybe three, I don't know, but I liked him as the Human Torch. I, I thought, thought he I thought was the I, best thing about those movies. I agree. I liked him, and and I you know I'm a big. I love the shield, so I like Chickless, so I liked him as as the thing. I yeah. thought that was interesting. I thought he made a good thing. That. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but again, from what I understand, the Captain America is supposed to be set in the forties, fighting the Red Skull, so he would be a young guy at that point. Yes, and and true. so true. I could see, you know, I could see Chris Evans as as a young Captain America. I'm not, and and you know, it's it's always a little shaky about exactly. How old is he now, and and how did he yeah. get to be? You know, how did he do that? But I'm, you know, I'm not so sure that that I would see Chris Evans as Captain America in 2012 in an Avengers movie. Um, that would seem a little peculiar. But your point earlier that the FF is not, you know, basically not part of the. I mean, not only different studios, but not part of the Avengers. I guess that answers my question as to how. Yeah. How yeah. you wouldn't the Human Torch and and. Captain America wouldn't have to run into each other, but I, you know, I like. I think I like the idea of Chris Evans as the young Captain America. What they, you know, what they, again, the the Avengers concept of it seems a little harder for me to grasp. But but uh, when I, you were you know, when you were writing Cap, how did you? How old did you? Did he feel to you? How how old was Steve Rogers? Maybe. Early 30s, shall we say? I mean, I I went back. I know I did it, and other people. You know, he was basically draft age in 1941. I mean, he was 18 years old, and he wanted to be uh, in the army, and he wasn't physically able to be in the army. So they said, "How about the super serum?" So you know, the super soldier serum, and and you know, with Dr. Reinstein, who, uh, <laughs> you know, um, so 
he was 18 then, so by the time the war ended, he was four years older, uh, 22. And by the time I got him in the 70s, you know, he had come back in the 60s. So, I mean, we weren't, we never were dealing in real time in the Marvel Universe, but I, you know, I, I figured... I don't think I would even say late 20s. So somehow, he, you know, he had a kind of gravitas to him, a kind of, uh, um, you know, he'd been around the block, he'd seen some stuff, and and um, and he'd been dead for a long time, which has to have a, or you know, in suspended animation, that's got to have a hard effect on you. So, uh, you know, I would say about 30, somewhere, somewhere in there was kind of my idea. But again, I would see him as being 20. Uh, during World War Two, so it'll know. be interesting to see how they how they pull off the origin of of uh, Steve Rogers. You know, Chris, well, Chris Evans isn't eighteen. You know, he doesn't look eighteen to me. Yeah, well, but that's well, they, that's the magic of casting and that's true. good director and good lighting and stuff. You know? Well, and you don't. Well, want... and he's also had the super soldier serum, so that's that could have affected what yeah. he looks like. You know, yeah. um, I'm I'm just reminded, just a quick story, but. Um, 15 years ago, maybe, um, Saban, who did a lot of the cartoon stuff, the X-Men and, and, and Silver Surfer, wanted to do a Captain America thing. And, uh, you know, they got in touch with me and asked me to come down to L.A. and, and, and work on that series. And when I got down there, um, I pitched them this idea about uh, Captain America and the Red Skull. They wanted it in World War II, same concept. And I pitched them an idea about Captain America and the Red Skull. And I remember they said, oh, well, you know, this is for television, so we're not doing any Nazis. (laughs) Okay. I'm like, wait a minute. This is Captain America in World War II, and you're not doing any Nazis. Oh, no, no, you know, can't do that for kids. That series (laughs) never never happened, and I think that was a good reason why. Did did they have a substitute reason for, I mean, we're we're not going to have Nazis. We're going to have, we're going to have Via Kong. You know, what what, what was their substitution for Nazis? (laughs) Or did they have one? We're going to have Gatsies. Uh, I guess just, you know, bad guys or something. I remember there was a story in which um, uh, it had to do with stealing the, the Stone of Scone, which is what the monarch of England sits on when he or she is coronated. And, and remember, the whole concept was that, you know, because Captain America uh, saved all this, that the stone then responded to him. And I'm like, wait, this is this is for the king of England, and this is Captain yeah. America. <laughs> and I'm like, what? You know? Um, it, that whole, you know, that whole process didn't seem to be... But then again, you know, I mean... I am not a Hollywood veteran. I, you know, I mean, I've done some stuff in Hollywood, but I'm not sitting here, you know, talking like I, you know, I know that place like the back of my hand. But that kind of stuff, uh, in the in the brief time that I was involved with it, that's the kind of stuff that I saw, and the kind of stuff you always hear about in Hollywood, where you know people are thinking more about what's this going to look like on screen than does this make any sense, you know? So, wow, uh, you know, I, yeah, you know, but so I, I don't, I don't. Again, whatever, whatever the Captain America animated series never happened, but uh, but I do remember I was astonished when they said we're not we're going to do it in World War II, but there's not going to be any Nazis. In it. Did you mention them that there are like Nazis and Bugs Bunny cartoons? Oh yeah, yeah, you know. Although, I mean, there are. There's also, I mean, 
now we're just talking, but I mean, you know, there's there are Warner, there are Bugs Bunny cartoons that they won't show you anymore because they were that's true. You that's know, true. they were racist or they were this or that. I mean, things uh, people can go overboard anywhere, but yeah. but uh, you know, I just I, thought. I, oh, go, go ahead, Steve. Uh, no, I just thought Captain America without Nazis didn't make any sense. So when I heard that they were going to do Captain America with the Red Skull in this, I I did think about my situation 15 years ago, but also I was thinking good for them, you know. I mean, that 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 makes total sense. Um, and the Red Skull. Red Skull's always fun. Heck yes. What do you, uh, do you have any, uh, uh, have you read any of the, the Ultimate Avengers uh, stuff that's just recently come out? I think they're up to issue five. No, again, uh, okay. I just I just am not not connected to that anymore. Okay, because it's Ultimate Universe continuity, but boy, are they messing with uh, the the Red Skull's origins. Isn't he uh, supposedly Steve Rogers' son? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the reason he's the Red Skull is because he basically he basically peeled his own face yeah. off. See, yeah, this is why the Ultimate kind of Marvel Universe yeah. is completely pointless yeah i'm, I'm really bummed well, it's, too it's meant for it's meant for other people it's not meant for it's not meant for you it's not well, meant, it's meant for another generation i used to really like the I ultimate know. universe and i'm not exactly sure what the what the point is the uh, point these is days that. hey uh steve i know we've taken up a lot of your time and uh i'm not trying to get rid of you I've, i'm i suppose okay. i'm giving you an out oh bill has another question i'm sorry i before we leave whether that's in 30 seconds or 30 minutes i just had one kind of off the wall question i just i had to ask so for sure. just you had mentioned um that your character uh max august uh to dovetail this back into uh the reason we're uh, uh ostensibly sitting down talking um not that we ever diverge into other you know if you haven't figured it out yet steve yeah bill is wordy and he tiptoes around things and adds words when he could have just said you know something what? else stories it take he's very he's verbose. Stories need context. Um, I understand verbose. Thank you, verbose. thank you, Steve, a a, 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 a brother. Um, so you mentioned that uh, that Max, uh, there's a lot of music uh, going on in mm. um, in the books. There's a lot of music uh, around uh, the characters in these books, which is uh, really cool. Uh, makes me wonder. Um, do you do you, is there something you know? Is there some kind of atmosphere you, you create to write? I mean, do you listen to music while you're writing? Do you listen to certain music to get yourself into a mood? And just basically, um, uh, is there a particular genre or style of music that you really like? Is there some, uh, is there some music um, that you love that might surprise the listeners? I mean, are you a huge Tears for Fears fan or <laughs> Dave Gilmore or, you know, Linkin Park or something? I heard you like Britney Spears. I didn't yeah, hear that. that's right. <laughs> um, uh, there's several layers of answers to that, I guess. One thing, I, I basically like all music. I mean, I, I like music, and I like what different people can do with different things. Um, uh, uh, the stuff that I listen to a lot, I, I got, well, I've actually sort of dialed it back a little bit, but I got very much into opera um, Wow! About 20, wow. 20 years ago, opera is basically telling stories in emotion. I mean, the music is 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 a wonderful conveyor of emotion, and so the stories are usually melodramatic. Um, and there are times, you know, when I really want to get into a mood, I can just put on an opera and have like a two-hour sort of musical thing that's in that mood. Um, so that might surprise people, um, but what I listen to a lot actually is rock. I mean, I still I, I'm a big 
um, pop rock fan. Now that I mean, now it's sort of you have to specify which kind. Yeah. But uh, yeah. when I was um, when I was uh, I had a chance to get to London last year and listen to a lot of British pop that isn't um, uh, you know all that big over here yet. Um, there's I'm a group jealous. I really yeah. like. Well, there's a group I like called N Dubs. N hyphen D U B Z. Um, they, it's a, you know, they're they're sort of related to Eminem, except they're more tuneful. You know, it's more of a tune and less of a rap. But okay. they've okay. got that rap in there. But you know, I mean, it's things like that. I kind of, I mean, and now we're back if, to the internet. I mean, the great thing about the internet, despite the the best efforts of the of the recording industry, are that, you know. Anybody you hear about, if you if you hear that somebody's good, you can go find out for yourself, and and uh, so you're not you know you're not limited to what the local radio station or even what the satellite radio wants to put on the air. Um, and I'm pretty eclectic. I mean, so uh, you know, I said before, if I really want to get into a mood for the afternoon, I, I might put on an opera. But if I want to get into a different mood, I might put on you know just hard rock all afternoon and 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 go with that um um this afternoon i i had to do some writing and my choice of music for writing is techno mostly because of the just the beat and it's Uh just it's just that's it that's it nice there you go and if i if i listen to anything else i like lyrics i get lost in the lyrics sometimes and i can't write so it's just yeah. kind of like the way i, I get that. lost in your eyes sometimes yeah there you wow. go <laughs> that's uh that's romantic well i remember when i you know when i first started i always used to do before son of a is that been an hour do not tell no. me no it's did it drop him it did no 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 okay 29.59 that time what yeah Right. So what? It's going to be fourteen fifty nine next time. Is it, is it half splice near there, dear? Oh my Magic Jack. good heavens! Uh, we, Magic <laughs> Jack is on our bad side right Steve, now. Steve, this time it was twenty nine fifty nine. It decided to hang up on you. We're just going to have to start uh, warning people that look, you know. Well, well, at least it it beeped. I mean, when I heard the beep this time, I said, "I bet I know what that is." <laughs> oh, yeah. and I asked you, and nobody answered. So I said, "Okay, then I do know what that oh, is." I'm going to have to. We're so professional. I'm going to have to uh, <laughs> in- investigate a different phone system. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think I'd almost had just barely started this, but I always used to draw to music. But when I when they gave me the Beast, and I went home, and I started reading all of my X Men comics, looking for you know, to get to know who the beast was, you know, the best, so that I could write him what I was saying before, trying to really get it right. Um, in those early days, I can distinctly remember that I could not have any sound at all. I needed silence in order to, you know, to, to do this. But but that only lasted for a while, and then I went back to having music. Um, I think just the transition, uh, I really have to concentrate here. I really have to, you know, not miss anything. Uh, I didn't want anything to distract me, but, um, you know, after a while, then it just becomes background music again, and I went back to it. It's interesting. I'm the same way. Uh, um, when I'm producing something, thinking about something, editing, writing, whatever, yeah, I like to have some kind of music on the background. And I totally understand Frank's point mm-hmm. about it needs to be near instrumental just to kind of stay out of that part of your brain. But, yeah, when I'm reading, um, it's not unusual for me to go sit on the, the bench in the front yard um, or go out to the back porch or something where I don't even have 
the war of the air conditioner or the refrigerator or you know mm-hmm. much less the mm-hmm. much less the kids going ape all over the place or anything all right know? certainly no tvs on the background all right but i i mean again i remember dick giordano um always used to uh, get up at like six in the morning and you know he liked he was the kind of guy who liked to start work early um, okay i'm i'm not but uh <laughs> He did, and he always had the television on. I mean, he always wanted the television on while he was working. And I don't, you know, I don't know what that did for him, but that's that's the way he liked it. So now he's he may be one of my favorite inkers of the seventies. I mean, he, he's yeah. right up there with your Terry Austins, and and you know there there are other guys uh, you could you certainly point to. Uh, those two just uh, come to mind real fast. But uh, did he do other things besides inking? I mean, was he writing? Oh, he or? was. Well, he was the editor in chief at DC. Oh, for, right. Yeah. Um, he was the he was the editor in chief at Charlton Comics, which was a very cool. Um, that's where the Blue Beetle and Nightshade and and Captain Adam came from. Cool. Um, uh, Charlton Comics. You know, there was Marvel and there was DC and there were other. You know, there were other smaller comic book companies in those days. Charlton. Um, was far better than it ought to have been. I mean, it was, it, they didn't spend a lot of money. They, you know, they had to kind of make do with people who were uh, on the outs, maybe with the big two or, hmm. or, I mean, Ditko, that's where Ditko went after he left Spider-Man. He went to Charlton and did, and did the Blue Beetle. Okay. Denny, o, Denny O'Neill used to write for Charlton under a pseudonym. Um, you know, there was that kind of stuff going on, but, but Giordano was a wonderful editor. I mean, he really got, the most out of everybody and the charlton books were were quite good which is why you know uh eventually dc bought them and 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 went on from there but when they bought i, I don't know if it was when they bought them i think it was but in any event he moved on to become dc's editor-in-chief and 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 was um you know i want to say throughout the 80s i'm not exactly sure when he started or when he stopped but um um uh, that was a very good era at DC too. Um, but he always, I think he always did do inking on the side. He, he had started as an inker. That was his, you know, that was his skill before he became an editor. And, um, yeah, so he would, you know, he would, he would ink and he would, he would edit and, and, uh, you know, all of it was good. That's fantastic, <clears throat> the, um, and we're still on the line. <laughs> the uh, the Charlton characters, they became officially part of DC uh, after Crisis on Infinite Earths. Is that isn't that correct? About nineteen eighty four was it before that? Yeah, because Blue Beetle was always because uh, they had brought Blue Blue Beetle is in Crisis. Yeah, and I thought that was his first DC appearance. Well, that Maybe I don't know, but I'm not I'm not the DC scholar. No, Maybe Steve knows. No, I don't really remember. Um, Fair I enough. mean, I think I think you're right that he that the characters appeared before then, but I don't uh, I don't exactly remember how they you know how they first appeared, whether they made a big splash or whether they just sort of were there for a while. But I think yeah, I mean, with Crisis, I think they were integrated yeah. certainly yeah. into the into the DCU. Well, um, again, I'd hate to lose you on the. F- phone one more time and um we've taken up a lot of your time uh i could we could sit here and talk another half an hour um but we don't want to we don't want to bore you um the point man and the long man you can get them i got them from amazon 
You can get them probably Barnes and Noble, Borders. We we do. right all, all those places. I you know they they certainly are in the major uh, venues. Um, uh, as an, as a book author, um, it's it's book authors often say this, and I mean book authors who and book authors a lot longer than I have, but I mean support your local independent bookstore if you can. Okay. But but on the other hand, they um, they don't necessarily. You know, being smaller, they don't necessarily carry everything, and right. and uh, uh, but you can certainly get the books from Barnes and Noble or Amazon okay. or okay. Borders, as you say. Hey, um, I, I just, I'm sorry. I, I one more, one more quick tangent. This one is quick, though. Um, I wonder, uh, there are a chain of places called Half Price Books uh, here in Dallas. Right. Maybe you guys have heard of it. Do you? No, they're out here too. Okay. Um, do you guys get royalties off stuff purchased at half price books, or is it kind of like going to the UCE store? Yeah, we don't. No, we don't get royalties off that. We, um, I actually, I actually, if I may say, discovered half price books in Houston back in the day. That's, okay. you know, okay. that's where I first learned about them, and then they've kind of spread. They're up and they're out here on the West Coast too okay. now. But no, that the used bookstores, there's no. You know, the book has been sold once, and I get you know, and I get a royalty for okay. that. After that, it can be sold forty-seven more times in used bookstores, and and there's nothing coming in there. Right, because it's, I mean, it's it's a really, uh, you know, I I love going to half price books, but um, mm-hmm. for those of you uh, kind listeners out there who are interested in uh, uh, Steve's uh, current and and uh, uh, recent uh, project and past project, the uh, Point Man, the Long Man. Um, yeah, go buy them from um, go buy them from Amazon, Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Borders or whatever you've got, and uh, that way uh, Steve gets uh, a little bit more uh, love in his pocket. Absolutely, yes, I'm all in favor of that. Yeah. It's still early enough that I doubt books are being resold yet, but uh, you know, but but it is, yeah, sure. When did uh, when did the first book uh, get re-released? Uh, if I remember, uh, they were they were a week apart, isn't that correct? Two weeks. Okay. Two, Two weeks. weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah, the, the the Point Man, uh, the re-release of the Point Man was March second, and the first release of the Long Man was March sixteenth. Cool. So they were two weeks apart. They're they're both. Uh, <laughs> I I really like the uh, uh, the I don't know the the design of the uh, the covers uh, of the books too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a uh, it, it's evocative. Uh, who did the art uh, for the covers? I was just looking. It's Frank Stockton. Frank Stockton. Okay. I think it's it is signed on the bottom of the it is. Man. Yeah, okay. I couldn't yeah. read it. And I, I was, you know how like on behind the behind the uh, title page, it, it may say sometimes yeah. who did it. Who and did uh, it. I think it might. I don't see it here listed in the Point Man. Maybe it said who it was on the, the Long Man, but uh, yeah. I don't. I yeah, but it is. But his name is Frank Stockton. It's very cool uh, art. I like it. Yeah, where, where would we know? Would we know Frank Stockton's uh, work from somewhere? There's a good chance that that I should know, and I just don't. I I did not know it from another okay. place. He he has a web page. I'm sure if you if you Google Frank Stockton, you can go see what he's done. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I I thought Tor, you know, Tor came up with the design for all this, and okay. then, and then okay. he did the art, and and um, I mean, he and he and Tor came up with it. Okay. Together, I'm not sure how the process worked, but. Uh, um, yeah, no, I think he did a real nice job. I I, cool. I like the covers. I did like the cover to the uh, to the first book that he did, uh, or, or or not not him, but the but the uh, copy of um, 
of the fr- of the first point man, the uh, the paperback. Right, I that like was... that cover. <laughs> I like that cover. Well, it's very seventies, you know. Well, that was 80s, Richard I'm Corbin. Sorry. That was that Richard was Corbin. Richard Corbin. Okay. Who um, oh, wow. some some people listening to this will know. I mean, he was a comic book guy, um, you know, more of a independent uh, underground comic book guy. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, he, we got him for that one. So cool. I've had a, I've had a good run here. Yeah. <laughs> was this a uh, editor's choice on the uh, the artist, or did you have anything to uh, do with this? No, I had nothing to do with it. Um, it's it's traditional. No, it's traditional. Um, the the whole design of the book. It belongs to the design department of the publisher, and oh, wow. and uh, and what I've always heard, I mean, I, and I've heard this again and again over the years, is you don't get in the middle of that, <laughs> you know. Interesting. It's like the the the, the design people, yeah, their job is to, you know, particularly at a at a big place like Tor, um, you know, they've not only got to design cool looking covers, they got to design cool looking covers that don't look like the covers they designed yesterday for somebody else, you know. So. <laughs> They've got they're juggling all the different aspects of of how to make this cover come out as best as it can be and and um, they really don't like uh, authors poking their nose in the door and going well you know I've got an idea I mean which isn't to say that I'm sure the author doesn't have a better idea than they have you know but but uh, that's a joke but <laughs> uh, you know I mean it's just. I've always been told that with, when I work with my editor on the prose, it's a real back and forth kind of thing. Uh, but once, you know, we handle the words and somebody else handles the pictures, you know, so. uh, Steve, just to let you know, Frank Stockton, Frank Stockton.net is his website. And he is a very established artist. Uh, just looking at his body of work and it's, it's pretty astounding. He's, he's been yeah. around for a while. And Steve, what yeah. is, what is your website address? Steveenglehart.com. Very that easy. That's easily enough. That's pretty nice. Are you going to make any appearances? Um, not too many. No, I about ten years ago, I wrote a number of young adult books, the DNAgers and and such things, mm-hmm. um, and did a lot of appearances. And um, you know, appearances do sell books, but at the same time, they take up a lot of the author's time. I mean, you've got to, you've got to go to the place, you've got to do the appearance, then you've got to come home from the place. And, and if you do that enough times, you start running out of time. So um, I'm doing actually a number of appearances out here in Northern California where I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, and, I mean, for example, I'm just now thinking about going and visiting my brother in Houston sometime this summer, and I was thinking, well, if I'm going to be in Houston, maybe I should, uh, you know, see if anybody wants to do an appearance. But but um, uh, failing things like that, I'm not likely to, uh, you know, because it's all, basically all that stuff is on my dime. Um, Tor and any culture, that's, I mean, again, it's just true of the book business. Um, they don't, book business in general they they publicize people who don't need publicity um and i say that with affection but i mean stephen king can get you know his tour expenses covered uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh you know stephen Engelhart, no so i do stuff where i can you know where i can go to it without it costing me an arm and a leg but if i you know but if i'm in some part of the country i might see about doing something well okay. steve tell you what if you do go to houston this summer let us know maybe we're in dallas but uh you know it would be yeah. nice to have dinner with you we'll buy you dinner we'll hang out maybe we could even uh you know talk some more about comic books and just okay absolutely stuff. just you got to what is it is it, is it four hours or eight hours four 
Yeah, Houston. Houston? Yeah. Yeah. Depends on how depends on how how fast you drive. Yeah. yeah. What what time right. of day are you trying to make that trip? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah. really, it's it's four to three hours, but you know, not four to eight, yeah. unless you're driving really slow. <laughs> it always yeah, took yeah, yeah. it always took my dad five hours to drive to Houston, but <laughs> you know. Yes. Okay. I was back. Well, uh, I couldn't. I I haven't done it that often, but I but I couldn't remember what the. Yeah. What the difference was. Luckily, it's a straight shot. Sounds like you've got a kid who needs petting. Uh, needs dinner, I think. Oh, okay. Where we are, but, uh, <laughs> well, Steve, we want to thank you very much for joining us. And um, the point man and the long man are available. I, I say read them because I'm having a ball reading it. Well, good. Yeah. When you get done, drop me an email. Let me know what you think. Excellent. I will definitely. Yeah, I, I found it. I found the 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 little tiny bit I've teased myself with to be pretty intriguing stuff. So so congratulations, Steve. Uh, I'm I'm really glad to see this happening for you. And uh, man, I hope they sell like gangbusters and people demand uh, books uh, five, six, eight, ten, twelve. See okay. where it goes. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I got no problem with that. <laughs> We're agreed then. <laughs> Steve, take care of yourself. You too, guys. All right, thanks, thanks so much. much. See ya. Bye-bye. Well, there it was. That was the interview. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Part he, two was just as fun as part one. Yeah. He's a nice man, and we appreciate his time. We weren't we weren't just telling that to him to be nice. That was really, really cool. Friggin' Magic Jack, man. I I, I think that uh, Magic Jack notwithstanding, uh, those are some of my favorite episodes to do. I just I love talking to the creators. Yeah, um, I'm probably not the only one. All, all I can say is, is uh, I guess, you know, when uh, when it's new technology like that, you just kind of have to deal with it. You know? Are you writing or why don't you write him a letter right now? Dear Magic Jack, mm-hmm. how are you? Can we help him with it? I have a complaint regarding a show I did with Steve Englehart. You may not know who that is, nor does it matter. Can anyway, we, let's send them a voicemail. I would like to complain in the strongest manner. Dear, Dear Magic, Jack. Magic Jack, how are you? You, I am fine. Yeah, you gotta always start the letter like that. How are you? I am fine. Then you go into I'm sorry. That's how every that's how every little kid letter starts. It's Dear so Santa, how are you? <laughs> I am fine. Want my money back, you big corporate gorilla evil nonsense. I like that. I'm almost certain that that big gorilla is probably. Uh, I think this guy got his start on one of those. Uh, they bought one of those ads. Those buy it now on TV. Yeah, he yeah, was one probably. of those Ron Popeil. Yeah, there you me. go, Ron Popeil guys. <laughs> I wonder if it was Ron Popeil, who Pardon was me. most famous to me for coming up with one of the greatest inventions of all time, a spray can entitled or uh, labeled "Wow, I've got hair." Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty ingenious. My guess, if you've got the guts to spray paint the top of your head, you don't need you don't need fake hair. <laughs> you've got you've got the gravitas to you, just take life by the horns. Nothing will phase you, or you are completely <laughs> out of touch with all humanity. Or to you, think that <laughs> to think that that you look acceptable, or you're <laughs> or you're clearly in sales. You know, mm-hmm. one of the two. So, sorry, salesman. So. Yeah, we need sales. Oh no! Somebody's going to get an email. <laughs> and man, and I guarantee you, salespeople have been called far worse. Yeah, yeah. probably a good point. Wow. And so. plus, you know, they have to take rejection on a daily basis. That's got to be hard on the old uh, psyche. Yeah, that's like I can never do sales. Yeah, I'm not strong enough emotionally to do sales. At the 
the risk of repeating myself. Gills. Once again, Steve Englehart's uh, The Point Man, The Long Man. Get him at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Orders. Or, as he wanted you to, to do, go to your local go bookseller. To your local. Go to Bob's Books. Yeah, absolutely, man. If there's a uh, if there's a local bookseller you can uh, you can help support and keep in business, please do that. You know, um, yeah, but when you were asking him about um, yes. about half price books, Bill, I, I was thinking about mm-hmm. um, oh, I can't think of that country music star now. Um, Garth Brooks. Thank you, him. He ha- he went on a little tirade a while back when C- UCD stores were all the rage. Yeah. Interesting. And he he was ju- he was totally against it because they did not get any revenue from that. And yet, if you look at Walmart in the Garth Brooks section, there's like twelve thousand Garth Brooks CDs. In fact, every once in a while, yeah. Walmart will have a special display with mm-hmm. like Garth Brooks CDs for like three bucks each. You know, but you know that he is. It was. There's a very interesting story about Garth. You know how Garth Brooks got to be Garth Brooks? Not just because of his music, but because of a new tracking software that they had just started using radio stations to see who was really listening to it and stuff. Garth Brooks shot. Everyone really? Everyone had always thought it was rock and stuff that was the big thing. Country had been so underrepresented, and it turned out that, that that's, that's how Garth Brooks rocketed to fame. Yuck. Was be- was because of that soft tracking software. Then because everybody wanted to dance to friends in low places. Mm. Yeah. He's not. Apparently everyone did at the time because that's what they were buying. Oh, my goodness. Go. Yeah, I I did not like going. To, I, I got dragged to country and western bars a few times when I first got down here because my former roommates, uh, roommates liked to go. There was a country and western bar where they do line dancing. Say what you will about Yuck. Garth Brooks. Yeah. But this song? Well, he's a good songwriter. This I'm, song you know. is fun at karaoke. Yeah. Um, and let's face it, it's easy to sing. Yeah, it is easy to sing. Yeah. It's, it's no, it's no, uh, what was his, what What was his alter ego, his rock alter oh, ego? Chris, Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines. Oh, my goodness. I have that, too. Him and Sasha Fierce. Actually, I don't have it on my iTunes, but I have that. Oh, I don't. I, and he got so much flack for that. And I was like, why? There was some good stuff on that. Album. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, first <laughs> of all, really it, was. It, it's a it's a great experiment. You know, let, let him let him experiment on it. Who cares? You guys are funny. I like you. Mm. Wow. You know, give it a shot. Hey, did uh, um, uh, the uh, professor is an actor as some people may know and so she's really? uh, an actress she's on no they're actors sir it's it's a uh is it turn is it not now are girls not actresses now everyone's an actor well they've always been actors well, i always thought actors were males and actresses were females you would think and so you act um but I, I my guess is that uh actors who don't take it that seriously would probably not correct you but uh if you asked, if there was a female version of, say, Sean Penn, you'd probably get slugged in the face for that. Just like those guys when you say, um, oh, I'm going to film this, but they're using a video camera, and then there's always that one guy. Um, that's not film. That's tape. Excellent. That's video. But I um, I get, um, I get video. <laughs> but then so, everything. But there's no, there's not even so tape 20th anymore. Century. Um, I had a tape the other day that I didn't know how to play. because We didn't have a deck. Really? Yeah, this a little is, one inch tape or something? That, that, you know, it's like, what do I do with this? 
<laughs> anyway, the professor gets uh, um, she's got an agent, so the agent sends along uh, uh, you know auditions, uh, stuff like that. And uh, there's something uh, this website called Actors Access, and I I don't know if you have to be uh, an actor to access it or if anybody can go there, but uh, occasionally we'll you know I'll get stuff on my phone. Uh, they'll you know they'll show up, and I go really. That's interesting. I mean, not for me, but uh, there's a uh, a project going on that I thought uh, Brad might be interested in. And, oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. It's a, a non-union short film uh, called Tomboys with mm-hmm. three leads, all females. It's lead one, lead two, and lead three. Um, one of them is named Patty. She's a female in her 20s. Patty is a country girl, tough enough to wrangle cattle and horses. Okay. Lead three, Louise. Female, 20s. Louise is a very competitive athlete. Lead number one, mm-hmm. Harley. Harley? Female. Harley is a tough biker chick. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, it has an ellipses? It I does. love ellipses. It does. You know, if, uh, if the Blackberry gets mm. there fast enough, I'll uh, open the rest of this up. And, I think uh, Harley's the farthest thing I've ever seen from a tomboy. She's not a tomboy in any way, but she is a uh, tough biker chick, though. Is it okay to say that? It's not. It's not a secret that she like has no. or used to have a motorcycle or something. No, that's why. Uh, she didn't have a motorcycle anymore. Fantastic. No, that's why. We, that's why I call her Harley. I kind of figured. That I was. Um, I saw a motorcycle the other day, and I came about that close to hitting it. To getting it, but then Were I realized one. It? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> because, but then I realized that the. This was all. This all happened very quickly. It was just like, I want that bike. I'm gonna wow. get that bike. And I drove up to go look at it, and then I realized, well, wait a second. I don't know how to drive a motorcycle. I'm with you. And I don't know how to, and I don't have the insurance for it. So maybe I should. Yeah, so then I just kind of didn't even get, get out of the car. Get one with three wheels. Um, I guess I'd look pretty good in a tricycle. What I loved about this bike, though, <laughs> it motor trike. It was. I think oh they call them motor trikes. God, it was. <laughs> The thing was a P O S. Wow. Guy was asking seven hundred dollars for it. I don't know if it ran well, but it was yeah. it looked rusty. The tank was dented. The chrome was peeling off. The it just looked like it had been to hell and back. And you said this thing is way too heavy to actually have to pedal. Uh, and I just I was just thinking, Oh my god, look at that thing. Wow. Just look because it's not the shiny, it's not the shiny. Right. You know, you go to, there's there's a bar in town called Duke's. And there's, what's okay. that other one? Is it Snooker? No, sco- Scooters. Well, Which is that one big biker bar off Harry Hines? Up in uh, my part of town, you can uh, enjoy the fine uh, uh, biker life at uh, the Blue Goose. Blue Goose, Duke's, and there's another bar. Yep. God, I can't remember. Duke's has karaoke on the weekends, right? Really? And, and bikes. If they do, that's new, but but they... Um, in the colony? Oh, no, I'm talking about Dukes and Addison. My bad. And you go there on a Saturday, and there's a shiny bike after shiny bike after shiny. And there's yeah. all the guys in their leather chaps and their l- shiny leather jackets. <laughs> These guys are not bikers. They want to be bikers, but it's just... I just want to pull up there in a POS and just flick a cigarette, you know, at them. <laughs> And, and, you know, when a girl comes up says, hey, can I can I give you a ride? Or can I ride with you? I'll just yeah. tell her, I ride alone. I ride alone. I don't need you. I'm a loner, Dottie. A rebel. Yeah. Son of a gun. There you go. I was I opening a... my mouth to do just, just that. Just like that. 
Unbelievable. You shouldn't understand. <laughs> I need to see that movie again. Yeah, I saw that in high def once. It was even better. Wow. I did. <laughs> you got it Blu-ray? Uh, no, no. About, uh, oh gosh, six six months, nine, eight, nine, I don't know, months and months ago. Uh, it was on uh, one of the HBOs. And so I, I ended up enraptured by it. I missed the first couple of minutes of it, but then I caught the first couple of minutes when it uh, showed on uh, uh, the the West Channel. You know, like an hour later, so now, it worked out. Here's a funny question: We had started that first interview with whether Gary Coleman is dead or not. Is Paul Rubens dead? No, no, he's alive and no. well. Okay, thank goodness. I always appreciate him. Why did I think he was dead? Did he get arrested ah. again recently? Not that I know of. <laughs> no. Anything's possible. Wasn't though. he? Hold on. Let's see. He's up to something. Wow. Yeah, he's he's up to. Or was he in a movie? Or, no good or some good? Just like with the last month or so. All right. Are you looking that up? I'm going to Wikipedia. Nice. Oh my gosh! There's a picture of him with a with a um. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you call those things? A Bluetooth earpiece. Oh, when he's did not he become thing? a tool? No. Oh, he's in character. Okay. Okay. Well, that's different then. <laughs> no. Uh, hey, check this out. This is going to blow your mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Movie is in pr- is in production. Coming out in 2011. So I don't know. Before, right after uh, Avengers, the movie. We'll mm-hmm. see. Pee Wee's Playhouse, the movie. Really? Wow. With Paul Rubens? Oh yeah. And uh, he just finished uh, a movie, have no idea what it's about, uh, called uh, Nailed. And uh, that's I, what I'm I don't just know if that's a good right movie. Um, and here's something that I thought was really cool, and I thought I realized this um, uh, when it aired. But um, he also is the voice of Batmite in Batman the Brave and the Bold. I knew that. He's been in two, uh, <laughs> he's been in two episodes. Uh, Legends of the yeah. Dark Might. I'm sorry, he's been in one episode of Legends of the Dark Might, which is pretty cool. And uh, he is going to be in an episode that instead of Legends of the Dark Might says uh, 2009 parentheses. Uh, this uh, the second listing has question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark in parentheses. So we don't know when it's going to get released, but the title of it is The Reign of Emperor Joker. So stand yeah! by. Yes! To stand by for that. You know what? Yeah! <laughs> oh, my gosh. So Paul Rubens is going to be in this movie called Nailed, which... Okay. Is directed by this... Who's directed? David O. Russell. David O. Russell did one uh, this one movie that has David always o. intrigued Russell. me, and I've seen it, and I even bought the soundtrack because... And I don't know if I love or hate this movie, but okay. it just... it just It's called I Heart Huckabees. Okay. That I movie never... is so... I don't know if I love it or if I hate it. I never saw it. I never saw it. I, it's, I can't even begin to describe it. This guy, he... He has to Spoiler hire. Well, no one's going <laughs> to no watch this movie, but he has to hire a. It's not a psychic detective, but it's like a physics detective. Nice. And so this detective follows him around because there's something in the universe that isn't right. And so he has to, and it's one of these, it's a quantum detective. He's a quantum detective. I like that. It's bizarre. That's, that is and fresh. And you, you know what? I, I know people who have seen this movie who just love it, and other people who just, they don't get it. And there's definitely a storyline in there, but I just, 
The soundtrack's <laughs> great. I love the soundtrack. In fact, I'm going to go to the website right now. I Heart Huckabee. Yes. Yeah, this uh, this nailed movie that he's coming out, and he's uh, the seventh uh, actor listed after such luminaries. Existential as- Detectives. Oh. Two Existential Detectives. Okay. That's what it is. Okay. Okay. That's cool. But yes, uh, he's co-starring in uh, Nailed along with Jake Gyllenhaal, Jessica Biel, Kirstie Alley, James Morrison, Catherine Keener, Tracy Morgan, James Brolin, John Stewart, on and on and on and on. So uh, yeah! yeah, should be a good movie, I guess. The uh, I'm not sure about the uh, um, the the plot, the thumbnail plot here. Uh, I don't know. Says a small town waitress gets a nail accidentally lodged in her head, causing unpredictable behavior that leads her to Washington D.C., where sparks fly when she meets a clueless young senator who takes up her cause. But what happens when love interferes with what you stand for? Sounds like something we'd write. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. That's bizarre. Um, speaking of which, there's a new there's a new show in town. I got a fr- I have a friend that just got a uh, a union job on it. It's uh, Fox has a new series in town called Midland. Really? That they're just starting production on. How cool! And uh, John Voigt is in it. Wow. From 24. Tell him he was awesome in Anaconda. Yes, in Anaconda. <laughs> that was a great accent, man. It was right up there with uh, Rod Steiger's accent and uh, The Specialist starring Sly Stallone and uh, mm-hmm. Sharon Stone. Seth, five times fast. Did you do it, everybody? Did you make it? <laughs> no? Okay, well, how, right about we clo- how about let's close shop? Uh, you guys okay. want to tweet, or should we just uh, consider this a done deal? That's right. No, you got to tweet. Let's do a tweet, and then, and then we're good. I'm all about the tweet. Get you one. Ra- oh, I need to plug this in. My bad. That would help. I, hey, you know what? The computer's ready. I've got the file up, and uh, here it goes. There it is. So, that's a win. Bill's audio Twitter. This week, my bold experiment with minimalism. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And I would say it was a rousing success. Awesome. Ugh. Yes. Minimalism. Awesome. It is something I'm going to have to start experimenting with because I'm certainly not known for that. So. I like it. I approve. Please I approve too. Very good. Gravity is is the is the something of of yes. Conduct your own experiments with minimalism this week, everybody. Right. Good kind, That's a sweet wrap. listeners. Until hit, next time, I'll see you on the pan over to the trucking shop before it fades to black. <sighs> Love TV talk. Love TV talk. Thank you for listening to a half hour wasted. Be sure to check out the Legion of Dudes podcast. It comes out every Thursday in the same feed. Also, we have extended editions on Lost. And Blackest Night and Speak of the Devil, a yeah. new a new podcast. Visit our website, halfhourwasted.com, to check out our blogs, forums, photos, and more. Send your questions or comments to halfhourwasted at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 972-798-3830. You can also drop us an individual email at Brad, Frank, or Bill at halfhourwasted.com. Visit our sponsor, DCBS.com. And remember, till next week, I'm Frank. I'm Brad. I'm Bill. And we'll see you next week on... It's a lot of copy to memorize there, Frank. I'm proud of you. Thank you. This is I Beckett.
爱猪爸